Today, I'm going to be seeking to lay the, basically what, what is just the foundations of this idea of biblical soul care for the sake of our church, the, the lifeblood that, throw, that, that flows through the interactions of our church needs to just be saturated with these concepts. Because struggles, pain, and hardship, and suffering are all a part of life, right? It's inescapable. If you don't have those things, then you're probably lying, you know, if you say you don't have those. Any struggles, any pain, any hardship, uh, or you need to prepare yourself for the inevitable, because sin and brokenness make those difficulties inevitable. You know, we can't we can't place our hope in in a completely peaceful, comfortable, struggle-less life because of sin and brokenness in life makes it impossible. Those those issues range across a broad spectrum. It could be everywhere from just discouragement to suicidal thoughts. It could be everywhere from impatience to abusive anger, struggles with lustful thoughts all the way to the pain and hardship of adulterous relationships, struggles with regret all the way to deep-seated, ongoing bitterness from guilt to depression, on and on and on. And the question is, what do you do What do you do if you wrestle with any of these on any place in that spectrum? What do you do? Do you just sort of swallow hard, stuff it down, and try to move on? That's what probably too many people try to do. Or maybe you you just go and schedule a therapy appointment, which is also something that probably too many people try to do. What do you do if a friend comes to you and reveals their own struggle with one of these. How do you respond when someone, especially somebody from the church, comes and says they're being drowned with the pain of past hurts? What's your perspective when someone you care about comes and opens up regarding struggles with homosexuality? See, this is life. This is real. Those things are real. And these these are the hurts and pains and struggles that no, no amount of money can properly cover up. No amount of success can mitigate those hardships. No amount of drugs or alcohol can heal them. And we see this in society, right? Where the affluent, the most prosperous in the world today still stagger under the onslaught of these pains and hardships and struggles. Because these these issues, these are issues that are anchored in our souls, in our innermost being, our thoughts and our desires and our affections and our will. And as such, the answer to those things is soul care. For you to receive care for your soul and for you to give care for others' souls. 
God is gracious and He cares. He has such a tender compassion in caring for the hurts and the struggles and the sufferings in the deepest parts of our lives. Those, those parts that don't get shown in the midst of the, hey, good morning, how you doing? I'm great. How about you? Oh, great. Good. Have a great day. And underneath is all this bubbling up and welling of hurt and pain and, and regret and bitterness and angst and and yet, just gloss over. But, but God knows about those, those things going on in our hearts. And He cares about those going on in our hearts. And in His graciousness, He talks about these issues, but He also prescribes biblical soul care as the medicine. And here's the deal. Us, as a church, as the syringe. So I want you to look at your handout. You're going to notice there that there is a number of one another's as the, uh, the, the, the soul care landscape. Okay? When we look at the Bible, we see dotted all across the landscape of the Bible these aspects of one another's. What are the one another's? The one another's, if somebody just sort of says, ah, how about those one another's? Or, you know, hey, well, when we think about the one another's, those are the, the, the commands, the, the descriptions of the Bible where they, they speak to how we are to relate to one another. This is corporate life as Scripture defines it and describes it for us as a church. All right, we're going to examine just a few of those real quick. I have a list, I have a list of 30 of them, and I don't think... Uh, not, not on your handout, on my computer. I have a list of 30 of them. And I grabbed some of them and I put them on there, and I don't even think I got them all. So this, this, is, a, this is a regular idea. What is life like with one another in the church? So we're going to look at just a few of them real quick. First off, here, here's one of those statements in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18 which I can barely read that reference. So if I get them wrong, you'll know to blame it on that. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The context right there is, is taking biblical truth about Jesus' return and bringing comfort with that truth to those who were discouraged by death and by the, the seeming hopelessness of, of, did we miss the resurrection? Uh, is there a resurrection? What, what is the relationship between a Christian and death? And he gives truth, and then he says, hey, therefore, comfort one another with these words. In your relationships, bring comfort to one another. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, he says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. So again, in, in the relationships, there needs he, he's encouraging, he's instructing and commanding this notion that we seek to strengthen and fortify each other in our walks and in our faith with truth and with love and dealing with each other in the midst of weakness, hardship, struggle, pain. In Hebrews 3, 12 to 13, 
Take care, brother. That, that, that means, hey, keep a sharp eye out. Watch very carefully that there not be in any one of you, he's the corporate you, an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The sin of bitterness, the sin of anxiety, the sin of sexual sin, deviance, the sin of anger, the sin of unbelief, on and on and on. Those things are deceitful. And if they take root in our lives as we respond to struggles and to life and its circumstances, then we can be hardened by those, the deceitfulness of that sin. And you know what the writer of the Hebrews says? He says, hey, you all take care. You all encourage one another. Well, it's still called today because once it's not called today, then time's up and there's no more opportunity. So while you have a moment of opportunity, take care of each other and encourage each other. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. We should file that verse away. And next time, if somebody... You know, if, 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 if you're feeling a burden and somebody says, hey, how are you doing? Just say, you know what? I am really burdened right now. And after their jaw hits the floor by your honesty, then they'll say, because we're believers who love one another, they'll say, man, let me bear that with you. What's going on? Let's pray. Let's think about God's truth. Okay, but oftentimes we forget that bearing one another's is an aspect of fulfilling the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens, hardships, struggles. And these, these are all over. Again, I, th I think I have six up here, and I have 24 more on the document on my computer and I think there's more in Scripture. So this is that landscape. Uh, Ephesians 4, 25, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. And so that idea of understanding the unity that we have with one another necessitates that we speak truth to one another. And that truth is spoken in love, but it also has a variety of expressions and purposes for being spoken. Sometimes it's for the sake of seeking to bring encouragement to someone who's weakened. Sometimes it's for the sake of speaking rebuke to someone who is unruly and straying. And yet this is part of... This is part of Christian living. And this is part of God's design for us as believers and His design for us as a church. So here's the thing. They're not optional. They're not, they're not just throwaways of, I don't really feel like doing the one another's. Then, then you don't really feel like being a Christian. 
Because this is something that God has saved us out of darkness and into light from the kingdom of the devil and into the kingdom of his son and said, do this. Live in fellowship, live in community with one another. And all these things are aspects of that. Oh, I guess that's it. So, oh, I thought I had John 13 up there. Did I not? Nope. I meant to. John 13, 34 says, love one another just as I have loved you. And when we think about the way that Jesus loved his disciples, it was not only in the soft, warm, and fuzzy moments, right? It was in the hard moments. It was through the hard moments. It was, it was truth speaking in love, linked arms, pressing on one another love as he sought the good of his disciples. And we need to imitate that same love. The truth is that these are aimed at church members. Hey, these commands, they're not aimed just at the pastors or the elders or the deacons or just at the Sunday school teachers. This is, this is the church members, the spiritual family walking life together. These are aimed, these are aimed at you. Okay? I'm not going to point at everybody. You. If you hear the word you, if you're a follower of Christ, if you've repented of your sins and placed your faith in Jesus, his, 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 his death, His resurrection, and you say, yes, I am following Jesus Christ, then this is for you. And it's for while you meet with your care group. It's for before and after Sunday school, before and after services. It's while you're standing outside watching the kids on the playground. It's while you're having coffee or lunch together. It's in between, even, quarters of the Chiefs. No, not between quarters. In between halves of the Chief game, because there's not much time between quarters. It's while you're tearing out a deck together. It's while you're fixing a car together. It's, it's whatever. It's while you're baking muffins together. It, it's, when, it's over the course of life. As you interact, anytime, all the time, one another's can and should be at play in our relationships with other Christians and especially those in our own church body. All right, so hopefully you see that landscape. Um, I don't know how, can you make the, the little words go away, Steve? It's going to distract me the whole time. Thank you. Ah, perfect. Thank you. Hopefully this, this helps you even just feel a little bit of, uh, of, of the breadth of what God says we are to do and to be. But the thing is, this is not easy. It's not easy because sometimes it's hard to know what to say. It's not easy because sometimes it just seems like it's too painful or sometimes you meet resistance or sometimes you just don't know if you have the time. Or I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors that make these one another's difficult to really live out. Sometimes it's just fear. But I want us to, to pull back and just think a moment about various responses that we might have to, to one of these situations. So let's, let's put ourselves into a scenario okay, where your friend comes up to you and starts to share with you some struggles that they've had recently. 
We're going to try and make it fairly not too outlandish. Hopefully, this will be relatable to you, okay? They're feeling discouraged, all right? They, they, they feel like they're just quickly impatient with those around them, and they're anxious as they consider their job or their allotment in life, be that job or jobless, you know, a, a mother at home or, or a student at school or whatever the case. They're just discouraged and anxious as they feel things coming upon them and the responsibilities bearing them down. How do you respond? How do you respond? And I realized in my handout, as I was thinking about this after the music of first service, I realized I should have started with what is stereotypically the man's response if a friend comes up and shares these things and the man kind of goes, so how about the royals? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, the, that's what typical men are like, but not biblical men, not Christian men. We share our feelings. And we deal with each other's hearts. But, okay, here's a couple of options. Somebody comes up and they says, you know, I've been discouraged. I'm, dis- I'm, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm quick, impatient. You know what, I, I, I just, I look at what's coming and I feel anxious and I can't get it all done and I don't sleep well. And, and so the, the easy response is, okay, you got the medical default. Hey, man, I'm sorry that's going on. Why don't you go visit a doctor? I'm sure they can give you something to help with that. That's an option. And then you got what I call the resonator. Yeah, you know how if it's the, the, the sympathetic resonating where in music on the piano, if you hit a note on the piano, the other strings around it kind of start to vibrate like that and somebody comes up and shares all these things and, and you just kind of start vibrating with them. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I understand that, that anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds horrible. And that's it. All right? That's, that's, that happens a lot. And you got the uh, defer and call a pastor, you know, where somebody comes and they share these things and you're like, whoa, I think Pastor Rick's available for counsel. You want me to text him for you? <laughs> and then you get, the, you get the truth pill prescriber. All right, and, and, uh, and here's the notion where, okay, so somebody comes and they describe this scenario to you, and you go, wow, that sounds hard. Hey, you know in Philippians 4 it says, uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, uh, be anxious for nothing but in everything, pray you know, with, with thanksgiving. Okay, so great. Hey, think about that and, and feel better in the morning, okay? Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's a slice of, of one anothering with that. But is the, it, and I, I can't jump ahead. We have like 22 weeks of this scheduled out, so there's time. But it's not bearing one another's burdens, right? So there, it's deficient with that. But then there's the soul care of the Bible, which is seeking. And this is what we want to do through this class. We want to help you understand the depth and the breadth of the one another's and the, and the, the sufficiency and the wonders of God's Word and God's Spirit as He addresses us in the midst of all of these situations. And for us to, as a church, to, to comprehend that and to, and to live it out and to be excited about, about interacting with one another in these sorts of ways. And that's the soul care 
of the Bible. Let's look at some verses that are just going to help set the foundation of these things. If you look in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual or reasonable service of worship. And, and don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And the reason that I, that, I, that I read those verses to you right now is that it helps us to really see that all of life, okay, all of life is lived in the context of a theological response to God. And all of life in that theological response is an opportunity to worship God or something or someone else. And so in the midst of any and every situation that we encounter, we can say, in my response, how do I worship God here? How do I worship God here? And that's why he says, offer to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. This is you in your whole being Every moment of every day saying, okay, here's a chance to worship. Okay, here's a chance to worship. Okay, here's a chance to understand who God is. And in this situation, to submit myself and to respond to who God is in the midst of this situation. Of work, of parenting, of being a neighbor, of going to school, of losing a job, of being demoted, or whatever the case may be. All of life is lived in a theological context. And as you are not conformed, but transformed by the renewing of your mind, you get to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. There is a good and acceptable and, and mature, perfect response and result in every situation that the believer should seek to live out. All right, if we look back in Matthew 7... Matthew 7, verse 1, says this, Do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye? Too many people stop right there. But verse 5 says, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. All right, so e even here, this helps us to understand in the midst of caring for one another, the attitude, the demeanor, the approach, it gives a foundation for what it means to give soul care, which first of all is to approach one another in a, in a, in a, in a state of charity, in a, in a manner of grace, not of condemning judgment, of having rendered a verdict and, and having said, you are this, 
bad, shame on you, right? It's not that. It's coming not in judgment, but in charity and in grace. And then it's dealing with your own sin first, not being so blinded by the log that's protruding from your own eye that you can't even see clearly to help the person deal with what is going on in their lives. But it's dealing with your own sin first, but then it is also dealing and helping with the sin of others, right? With the speck that is in the other person's eye. So we see there just a, just a quick foundation of what it means to, to provide soul care, what it means to, 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 help, to help someone address a need in their life in that way. Look over in Galatians 6 with me. Galatians 6, brothers and sisters, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, okay, again, this is not just church leaders, Sunday school teachers, this is just, hey, if you have a relationship with Christ, okay, and you have any semblance of maturity in your life and in your heart, Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. The, um, the, the takeaway from this, if you see a need, you have a job. All right, so this is where the uh, punt to the doctor or punt to the pastor or, you know, things like that, 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 that doesn't come into play. Because, hey, if you see a need, if you see someone who's caught in a trespass, then restore him. Seek to bring him back into line. The, the idea of just he's, 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 he or she has stepped off the path, is, is deviating from the course, and you need to just bring them back into line. Restore them in a spirit of gentleness and bear their burdens as you do so. But, but the main takeaway there is, folks, church, body, church, Family, if you see a need, if you hear a need in care group, at the playground, in between services, whatever the case, as it pops up, you know what? God has said in that moment, take care of that brother. Take care of that sister. Don't punt. Don't defer. Okay, and the next 20 odd weeks are designed to help equip you for how to do that, for how to respond, for how to love one another, for how to care for one another and to do that well and to do that biblically. All right. If we look back in Acts chapter 20, I think I skipped that one. Let's look back there though. Acts chapter 20, verse 17, Paul's from Miletus, Paul sends to Ephesus and calls to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, Paul said to them, You yourselves know from the first day 
that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials which came upon me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And what's interesting about that is that Paul models here good soul care. Did you hear that? In verse 20, teaching you publicly and from house to house. Paul would give sermons and then he'd go and he'd have dinner with people and he would care for them. He would bring truth to bear as they had dinner together or whatever they were doing in the house-to-house scenario. But the point is, Paul didn't say, okay, great, these people heard a sermon, so now it's all done. Okay, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, an importance of the individual ministry of scriptural truth to one another that must be the ongoing current the ongoing flow of our life together. All right, last look over at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 verse 11. God gave some as apostles and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And so it's important here to notice the roles Okay, again, this is this this kind of takes away the the teeth of that whole you know defer and call a pastor, you know uh, approach in the midst of somebody coming up to you because see, the pastors, the elders, the teachers are really primarily here to equip you to do the work of the ministry, to be the body of Christ to and for one another. And so truth that is spoken of and proclaimed from here should saturate your heart. The truth that you study in your quiet time should saturate your heart such that you're able in the midst of ongoing conversation and relationship with each other to say, oh man, I hear what you're saying. Let's talk about God's word and that. Let me bear your burdens. That breaks my heart to hear that from you, that that's in your life my, my, I, I ache for you, or on the, on the flip side, to say, hey man, you're being a fool. Stop it. And that's part of it too. But this notion of not just saying, okay, man, I, I hear you about those things. Man, I think that's what the elders are for. No, 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 no. We are here to equip you to live this out with one another. And so this is what we want. These are some of the goals for our church family. We want, we want a church body that is equipped to do ministry with one another and to one another. We don't want you to 
to not know what God's word has to say about life and the realities that we all live in. God's word has truth to bear in every circumstance that we find ourselves. Jesus cares about every circumstance that we find ourselves. And Jesus has said to you and you and you and you, be my voice, be my hands, be my conduit of love and care and compassion and rebuke and encouragement and care. And that's what we get to do for one another. And it's beautiful and it's hard and it's painful and it's rewarding and it's great and it's difficult but it's life and it's ministry and it's the things that will resound through eternity and will last forever as we seek to build up the church and each other in those sorts of ways and so we want you to be equipped in those things Luke 6:45 says out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks Right, And so we want you to have a proper understanding of the issues of our soul and how to remedy those, how to bring um, adjustments to bear in those things because what we have to understand is what we say and how we respond are issues coming from our heart. And if we don't realize that and if we don't then address it as such, then we're going to miss the boat in terms of actually caring for one another in those things. And finally, look at uh, Romans 15. I'm going to try to be done like two minutes early this time just to show you all. <laughs> Romans 15, 14. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, And concerning you, my brethren, I myself also am convinced, am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. That word admonishes is, is important there. It, it means to just to address the mind with truth. Okay? If you heard of nuthetic counseling, that's addressing the mind with, with the truth of God's Word, and that's what Paul is saying right here. You all are able. You don't have to punt. You don't have to defer. God calls you to a ministry amongst this church family and this church body. And we are able to do that. And I, I am so blessed to see so much ministry happening in this church. It's, it's, in, it's incredibly encouraging as a pastor and as an elder to, to hear about somebody who's been going through something and maybe we find out about it late and we come in and we say, ah, how are you? How's it going? Oh, great. I mean, I've been talking to this person and then these people have cared for me in this way and my care group has done this and my friend over here has come and we've, we've talked about this and they've prayed with me about this and our, our leadership hearts just kind of go with excitement and joy about that kind of a ministry. And this happens a lot here. And it's so Wonderful, so encouraging, mostly because it's the evidence of God's Spirit and God's grace at work in you. 
And there's nothing that's more rewarding than that. So I encourage you in that. And I encourage you to excel still more in that. To have your radars up. To, 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 to press through this class, to press deeply into the truths of it so that you are more equipped and more mature and more capable of walking with one another through any and every circumstance that comes along. We want a church that's able to live out what 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says. Okay, turn, turn over to 1 Thessalonians. As I seem to have trouble finding it right now. See, 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, We urge you, and then listen to this, brethren, brothers and sisters, everybody in the church. Okay, so this is not elders, pastors, teachers, only we urge you brothers and sisters brethren admonish the unruly encourage the faint-hearted help the weak and be patient with everyone that's that's our goal for this series that's our desire for the for our church body is that we can be a church family that is able to live that out, that knows God, that knows the truth, that breathes it over the course of interacting with one another in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. And it will leak into your parenting, it will leak into your marriages, it will leak into any and every situation that you find yourself if you press into these things. All right, so that's kind of the, the, the foundation of of the class here of what we're trying to accomplish. And next week, uh, Dale Johnson's going to come and he's going to teach about just the mission of it. Um, really excited to have him teach as well as Daniel Good is going to teach throughout this series with us. And I'm, 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 I'm anticipating, I'm prayerfully anticipating what the Spirit of God will do. I mean, think about it. God gave us His Spirit, and God gave us His Word, and they're both living, and they're both active, and they're both going to work. And so I encourage you to eagerly anticipate along with me God's work through those things as we grow together in the weeks ahead. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word and for Your Spirit. We're grateful for the chance to study it to know your word, to depend on your spirit. We ask that you would be working to both encourage and to convict us as we may need in just the, 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 the scenarios of doing the one another's, of providing biblical soul care to the variety of needs that we find. As 1 Thessalonians 5.14 said, different people with different needs need different responses and different types of care. So help us to be wise to be discerning, to be caring and loving and patient. We ask that this would be honoring to you, the one who changes our hearts, the one who draws us into fellowship and into unity with one another and into adoption as your children together. So bless and empower this, we pray. In Jesus' name.
Amen.